Thanks for joining us today as you listen to a portion of a message recorded at Vine Life Church in Boulder, Colorado. If you'd like to connect with us further, you can visit us online at www.vinelife.com. There's a beautiful thing when we receive communion and, and do it as an act on behalf of those who have yet to come to Christ to you and uh, the spiritual climate in, in the country. And, and it, it was a beautiful time of praying for unity um, in the faith. And uh, I do want to follow up, though, because it was beautiful, but it was incomplete. It was incomplete last week. If you were here, you noticed that, that we, didn't, uh, we didn't acknowledge the depth of pain and frustration and brokenheartedness that exists within our African-American brothers and sisters, the entire black community. And I want to take a moment to do that. And it's going to set up where we're going to go today and spend the rest of our time. Um, but it's important, when, when things happen on a national scale, on a global scale, as happened this last week, you know, there's things happening in France, there's things happening in Turkey. It's, it's wild sometimes when, you just, when, you're, when you're watching these things go down, Right? And uh, as, as we engage in prayer, and, and so sometimes as a community, we, we take time and, and we pray into something and then we move on. And I believe some of the stuff that's happening in the country, specifically in regards to racial reconciliation and justice, and, and, and what continues to stir, I think th- this is absolutely not one of those things that we're going we're gonna to say a prayer and then get back to our lives. This is something that's going, it's not a one and done type of thing. This is an ongoing conversation. And I believe what the Lord is doing in the church is he's continuing to stir up conversation. He's continuing to stir up dialogue. He's continuing to stir up hearts to pray and to seek understanding and, and, and to press in. And I, I just want to encourage us here today. The tone of here today is, is just that. And, and, I'll, and I'll open up um, into a scripture. In fact, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Micah um, chapter 6. Um, and, and I'll talk about that here in a second. But specifically, I, I want to, again, acknowledge um, uh, the, the pain and the torment among our African-American brothers and sisters. And we do mourn the deaths of Elton Sterling, Philando Castile, and the line of other uh, young black men whose lives ended too early. We grieve with their families and their friends, especially the little girl in the back of the car who watched her father be taken from her and watched her father grasp for air. And we, we pray for the, the depth of pain that is cyclical and the systems at work. And we mourn with those who mourn. And again, we, we pray, we continue to pray for our law enforcement, the police department. It conti- please continue to pray for those who, um, who continue to serve. And, and, and the families of the five men and, and the others who are wounded in Dallas, the five men who lost their lives and the families who, who entrusted their, their fathers and husbands to protect and to serve and that didn't come home that night. It's a, it's a real thing that we're walking through and, and what's happening is, is inexcusable. It's not acceptable, both 
both with the, the line of, of black men who have lost their lives, but just increased violence in general. As you're walking, this something inside of us tells us, God, this is unacceptable. This is not your design, right? And, and to be clear, this is not just an African-American problem. This is not just a police problem. This is a human problem. This affects all of us. And, and, and specifically in regards to racism, um, We've come a long way in the last 200 years, but we haven't come far enough. And things continue to stir, and I know it affects us all in different ways, and racism shows itself in a lot of different ways, not just from one people group to another, but all around. And they're not new issues. These are very, very old things. And I know that they're complex, and I don't have answers for you. I don't know that anybody has answers to some of these issues, but we do know that God does. We do, we do know that the wisdom of the Father and the Son and the Spirit, that he is not in heaven surprised. He does grieve. He shows compassion. But he's not surprised and he's not, he's not worried about what he's going to do. And so our, our strength here today is that we don't rely on our own wisdom. We rely on the wisdom of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. None of us are wise enough to know what to do. And so, but while these, these issues are complex um, and sometimes overwhelming, what's really important is that we don't ignore them, right? We can't ignore these things. And I think for myself, one of the most difficult things to do in times like this is, um, is to know what to do. And in fact, it's really frustrating sometimes. And maybe you felt the same way over the last couple weeks in particular, maybe for a long time, Right? It's easy for, easy for me to say I'm just getting frustrated, you know, as a, as, a, as a white guy at the age of 33. And for some people, that's been their story for a long time, right? But it, it's interesting when we think about what is going on and what we can do. Um, the questions, you know, I've been asking is, God, yes, we're going to pray. We want to pray. But what else, what else that you're stirring up? What can we do about these things? You know, we have a portion of our nation that's crying out to be heard, and to be understood. And I, I, I can speak for myself here, and probably some of you would agree with this. I think for me as an Anglo, it's, it's really hard to feel connected to issues that I don't have to wake up every day and worry about myself. And it's been interesting, especially in the last couple of weeks, having loads of conversations uh, just reminding me how unbelievably white I am. Can I just say that? That's okay. I am just unbelievably white, right? And so, so what happens sometimes um, when we start walking through this, I, I'm not talking, you know, as a white man, I'm not saying that we, any white people need to feel guilty. We're not talking about white guilt, but we're talking about understanding that this is not just a white issue. This is a human issue, and this is a problem that we share together. And just because I don't wake up first thing and think about what my day is going to be like because of my circumstances doesn't mean I get to check out of the conversation and to not actually address and talk about these things. Is anybody with me on that here this morning? And so some of you have had these conversations, and some of you might even be tired of them, okay? You might already be in the place of, oh my gosh, can we just stop talking about some of these things? Yeah? And... and and, and you've had those conversations over the last couple of weeks, right? You know, black lives matter. No, blue lives matter. No, all lives matter, right? And, and specifically with my white friends, 
with the white community, it seems like sometimes the conversations default to the same places, right? It's like, listen, I don't know what the big deal is. I, I'm not a racist. I don't own any slaves. That was so long ago, right? That's not me. This isn't, I mean, I, I don't even know what to do. This isn't my problem. So what happens is when we don't feel directly connected to a particular issue, we can end up distancing ourselves from that and we can uh, lack the understanding of the fabric of our history and, and the systems at play. Now, why, why is this uh, important to understand? Uh, why is this important that we go here today? Okay? Um, I believe this is much more than a political thing. Okay? We're not interested in getting into political things here. This is not just a political thing. Again, this is a human thing. And I want to read the scripture today because I don't believe this is a matter of politics. It's a matter of worship that we talk about these things. Okay? This is not just politics. This is worship. All right? So don't just write me off as somebody with an agenda or, or anything like that. No matter how you're getting it. If you get upset with anything I say, just email me at bob at vinelife.com. <laughs> I'll be happy to respond to your emails. Bob at vinelife.com. Okay, Micah 6. You guys have your Bibles. Verse 6. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give him my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? Okay, so so before we finish this, this is blatantly and clearly an issue of worship. This is a matter of worship. These questions have to do with, God, what what do you desire? You want my firstborn? You want my family, right? 10,000 rivers of oil, how do we even do that? I don't even know, right? But the, the questions here are, God, what is it? What, what is it? What is the depth of what I can bring to you? What is it that you require of us? What is it that we can do to most worship you, okay? And he has told you, oh man, what is good? In verse 8, what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? What does the Lord require of you? This is so important, to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly. Can we, can we say that together as, as the people of God as we continue our worship this morning? What does the Lord require of you but what? To do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. And I think as, as we, as the body of Christ, continue to navigate these things and be in these conversations um, it's a good question. God, how do we best worship you in all these things? How do we best honor your name in all these things? And I think it's a good word for us today that if, as we continue our, our worship through our lives and our actions, what speaks of the glory of God? What is it? To do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly. And that requires us to change how we talk. It requires us to change how we think. It requires, requires us to change how we interact with people of different experiences. And, and I just want to readily admit, there's a lot of things I don't understand that other people have to walk through. Okay? 
For instance, it's hard for me to understand homelessness because I've never been homeless. I've never been homeless, right? So I've been a part of outreaches and that type of thing to minister to homeless people, but I don't understand only because I I haven't walked through that life experience myself. So I have to work harder to appreciate and to understand so I don't just... Uh, I, I, so I don't just walk away from a situation and, 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 and quickly put on a tag of, oh, they just need to work harder. They need to do this. They need to do X, Y, and Z. They needed to uh, go back to school, those types of things. We have, when we don't understand things, when we don't understand somebody's experiences, the answers always seem simple, don't they? I know it is for myself. I don't understand poverty. I've never, I've never been at a place where I didn't know if I would have a place to stay that night or if I had a food, food to eat. That has never been, thank you, Jesus, that that hasn't been my experience. That shouldn't be anybody's experience. <clears throat> but for me to, 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 to engage friends or, or, or a society or a culture that walks through those things, I have to intentionally do things to remind myself of what actually is going on here. And, and, and what is the life experience of this person? I've never been to prison. I have never experienced prejudice, right? I've never walked into a store and got stares. That's never happened to me. Nobody's ever looked at me with that, that face that says, why are you here? Who invited you? I don't have to teach my sons when they go through convenience stores to keep their hands out of their pockets because somebody might think that they're stealing things, right? These are experiences I haven't had to walk through. So I have to work harder on a, some, on a certain level to, 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 go, to go to those places. Now, there's things about me that other people uh, maybe don't understand as well. And so we all have life experiences, right, that maybe others have to work to appreciate. And I think that's what God is talking about. I think this is the whole posture of worship, the whole posture of justice about showing kindness and walking humbly to say that maybe my life experience isn't the only life experience and maybe other people's experiences matter. Maybe because they're human and made in the image of God, just because I don't understand that, or maybe I don't, I don't necessarily even agree with all the political stuff surrounding the things or I don't understand the complex issues doesn't mean they don't, uh, they don't deserve to be honored in their life experience and what they've walked through and what they currently feel. And I think that the heart of Jesus, as he reconciles the whole world together and he reconciles us as the people of God, as we learn to be, to learn what it means to be the people of God, it involves a whole different level of humility, right? And so, in, in all of these things, as, as we're learning, as we're learning to do that, I was just Asking the Lord, God, what can we do? What are things that we can do to continue to maintain a posture that honors you and that dismantles political and religious spirits at play and dismantles hostility? What, what would please the Lord? And I think one of the first things is, is just about don't avoid these conversations, okay? So, I know that sometimes it, it gets really weird when you start talking social issues with friends or justice issues, and, and sometimes there's just different levels of, of understanding. And, but, but I think the worst thing that we can do is to stop talking about these things, okay? Because we have to, we have, the only way to grow in our understanding of each other and what, uh, uh, what life experiences we're going through is to talk. And, 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 and listen to me, I'm not talking about reposting things on Facebook, Okay? <laughs> 
That's not conversation, okay? L- listen to me. That's, that's not helping. Like, you think you're helping. It's not helping. I know you think you're helping. It's not helping, okay? But, but rather, who are the people in your life? And specifically in, in regards to the, you know, the current situation, are you talking with your black friends? Are you talking with the African-American community about how they're doing, how they're feeling? It's okay. Ask the questions. How are you doing with this? Are you talking with the police officers, the law enforcement, asking them how they're doing, what's going through their hearts and their minds? I, I love Didi, Pastor Didi. She shared this story with us this last week about even, uh, even this last week she was, in a, she was getting her tires changed in a discount tire. And uh, she was in there, and it, they were in the, kind of the, the waiting room, and there was an African-American man in there, and, and she went up to him, and she just said, hey, I just want to let you know, I, I'm really sorry for the pain that you must be experiencing right now, the stuff that's happening in the country. I'm really, really sorry. And, he, and he's like, oh, no, 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 ma'am. That's fine. It's okay. And she said, no, it's not okay. It's, it's not okay. And you just need to know. I'm... I'm sorry, and, and I'm praying. And, and so she just extended compassion. She just reached out. He wasn't asking her to do that. She, just, she reached out, and she started the conversation. And, and after it opened up, then he began to tear up and tell her story after story after story of being pulled over or being misunderstood or, or getting weird stares and weird looks and just what that, what that experience is like as a black man. And so they cried. They hugged together and they cried together. No, she didn't try to give him any answers. You hear that? It's not, like, it's not like we're trying to come up with smart things to say to each other type of thing. In fact, I don't even think that's, that's possible most of the time. It's about learning to, to love each other and, and, and that it's okay to be with each other and maybe that's enough, Right? And so we, we don't avoid the conversations. Furthermore, we continue to seek understanding. And it's, it's just a social reality, okay, that all of us, we are drawn, we are prone towards homogenous relationships, right? So it probably doesn't come as a surprise to you uh, that my wife and I and my family tend to spend most of our times with other families of our age with the same amount of kids, with two and a half kids, right? <laughs> I mean, most of our time, like, like you, you know why? Because when you gather with people that are like you, it's, you're, it's easier to understand each other, right? Like, like for me, um, you know who I'm not misunderstood by is 33-year-old white guys, right? They just get me, you know? They just, like, th- mid-30s, white guys, like, we just get each other. We don't have to work very hard to understand each other. And, and, and all of us see that there's certain things that we're drawn towards. No, I'm not saying that's necessarily wrong, but what I'm saying, when, when we, as a people of God, begin to appreciate and, and understand the diversity of each other, that we have to understand that what it means to grow in relationship of understanding with other people is that we actually have to uh, stay long enough to listen. And it might actually mean harder work than it is with your friends. Are you, are you guys listening to me here today? And... It's just fascinating right now in our country, um, everybody wants to be heard, but very few people want to listen. You notice that? (laughs) 
And, and so I, I think that's why the Bible talks specifically to this. James 1.19, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. I think we get our paces wrong, don't, we get, don't, don't you agree? I think if, if, if we had a commentary, it would be that we're slow to hear and we're quick to speak and quick to anger. But the wisdom of God, when the kingdom takes root, when compassion takes root, and men and women start to walk humbly before God, what does that look like? Hey, tell me, tell me how you're doing. How are you feeling? What's going on in your heart and your head? We're quick. We're quick to listen. We're quick to hear. Proverbs 18, 13. It's a little harsh on this. Okay, I think you guys can handle that, though, right? If one gives an answer before he hears, it is, his, it is his folly and his shame. And it's like, it's a place of confession, I think, for myself and, and probably for a lot of us where, God, <clears throat> I love to have answers. I love, I love to diagnose situations. I love to give my perspective on things. But the scripture is saying, it, if, if one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and his shame. And so all of that is, is about learning to grow in empathy. The Bible's very clear. We mourn with those who mourn. It doesn't matter if you don't understand why. You mourn with those who mourn. We are called to grieve with those who grieve, to comfort those who grieve, and equally to rejoice with those who rejoice. And, and to be clear, um, when it gets to really tense you know, complex political issues. You don't have to agree with everybody to appreciate how they feel. Can I just get, make that really clear? Like, empathy doesn't require you to walk out of the room and vote for the same people. Okay? It, it, it doesn't require that of you. It doesn't, it doesn't require you to be, uh, an, you know, uh, agreeing on all the same issues and all the same things. Empathy transcends that. The heart of God transcends all of that. Kindness has nothing to do with those types of things. Kindness is about recognizing the image of God that is inherent in each person, right? There's a difference between sympathy and empathy. Sympathy is being able to say, this happened to you. You know what? I'm going to stand up here. I'm going to feel, I'm, that's, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you're in that position, right? Man, that must be really hard to be where you're at down there. So sympathy, when, when we practice sympathy, that's an arm's length type of thing. Empathy is a whole different thing. Empathy is the ability to say, oh man, you're down here. Hold on. I'm going to come down as, as much as I'm able to. And I, I'm going to do my best to share this moment with you. Now, I can't pretend that I walked through the same things. I can't pretend that I know the same pain. I can't pretend that I've shared the same experiences. But I can be with you in those, and I don't have to be up here. I can be right with you where you are. And we can journey from where you are maybe to a new place together. But that's going to involve me needing to take time to listen or have some conversations that are super uncomfortable, or learning to understand things I'd never understood before. And that's what it looks like to grow in empathy, bearing each other's burdens. You're not responsible for everything, but in the body of Christ, we're responsible to each other. We all have burdens. We're responsible to each other. We help each other bear each other's burdens. 
That is who we are. That's, that's, that's the life that pleases the heart of God. You guys know that's worship. This is a worship talk. This isn't something else. This is a worship talk. What we're talking about right now is just as powerful as everything that was sung this morning. When this stuff is lived out, it is an aroma to the heart of heaven. And that is the kind of life that we are called to, to be, live lives that are pleasing to the heart of God and to go and to do sometimes uncomfortable things to please the heart of God. And, and all, this, all this really is summed up in our ability to pray. We are a people that continue to pray. And um, I'll read Second Chronicles 7.14. You guys probably know this. This is, again, one of those, those key prayer scriptures. If my people who were called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. And I love how Bill Johnson talked about this this last week. That what this passage does for us as we consider how to pray, is sometimes when we pray, it's still an us and them type of thing. Like, God, I'm going to humble myself and seek you on behalf of them over there and those awful problems they're dealing with all the time. Right? And do you, do you understand that sometimes the posture of prayer still creates categories? that you're dealing with problems and God, thank you, help them deal with their problems. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna pray over here, I'm gonna send some love their way, but thank you that I don't have to deal with that. But that's, that's not what we're reading in this passage, right? That's not what we're reading. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins, heal their land. It's this place, prayer is this place that all of us share in common, that we pray from common ground. That you, do you understand that we are all in need of forgiveness and mercy and grace on equal terms? We're all in need. And so what prayer does for us as we gather as the people of God, as we pray, it's God, I the problem isn't out there. The problem is with all of us, God. As a people, as a nation, as, a, as the earth, God, we gather together and we share these things. And God, would you hear these prayers? It's not an us and them, God. We're in this together. We share, we have in common, our, we have a common need for the mercy of God in our lives. And when he sees that, do you know that the heart of heaven is moved? Do you know that the heart of heaven is moved? He hears those kinds of prayers, he hears prayers of men and women who join together, not to, to separate and to divide, but to come together and to mourn with those who mourn, to comfort those who grieve, to unify on our collective need of the saving work of Jesus Christ. Don't you love that the gospel is not afraid to address any of these things? The gospel is not afraid. All the gospel needs is some bad news. The, all the gospel needs to bear fruit and to just get worked up and excited is, is a little bit of darkness and a little bit of tension, a little bit of turmoil, and the gospel gets to work. And that goes nationwide, that goes for your life too. Because we all have things that we're not proud about. We all have tensions in our life, and the gospel comes in, and Jesus comes with a smile on his face, bearing good news, bearing comfort, to bring hope for a new day. And so as, as we pray, as we humble ourselves, I, you know, there's definitely, there's a lot of different prayer points. When we met with, uh, last year, the Boulder County pastors met with the Boulder police chief. And we asked, we asked him, how, how do we pray for you guys? What do you need? 
And he said, well, um, and this was, this was last year, okay, a year ago. And he said, well, right now, the, the number of men in our, in, our, in our force continues to drop. These men are interested. Their families are interested in entrusting their, you know, uh, spouses to spouses and fathers and mothers into law enforcement. And so please pray that God would send us more good men for public safety and for law enforcement. That was last year. And, and could you, can you imagine what that must be like even, even, even now within law enforcement? I mean, you hear the stories. I think there's a lot of men who, they don't know what, what they're going to confront either, right? And so the, the African-American community, there's a lot of fear because they don't know if they're going to come across some rogue cop on any particular day. And the, and the police department are full of fear because they don't know what situations they're going to get drawn into and then, and then how that's going to go down, right? And so, and so as you pray for the police department, even in Boulder County, pray that God raises up, listen, that God raises up godly, kind, strong, compassionate, wise, humble men and women to serve this nation, to serve this county, to serve this region. And I believe that God wants to raise up people who are not afraid, but who will go in there and help bring up integrity and help bring up dignity and help model confidence and boldness. Even if they don't have it on their own, they can model the strength of God as they serve and protect. Yeah. And we continue to to ask God to raise up voices to speak on behalf of of those who are marginalized. God, where are the Martin Luther King Juniors today? Where are those anointed by God to speak to, to systems of oppression? Where, where are those people? Jesus, would you raise them up? Those who are not just given to political and religious, religious rhetoric, but those who are anointed by God and fearless to go stand in places that are super uncomfortable, but to be a voice for those who don't know how to speak or don't know what to do. And we need God's wisdom to do that. But we know it's God's heart. We know that's God's heart. And ultimately, God, I believe, he seeks to... Um, his, this, this, this nation is ripe for the kingdom of God to show up. Are you guys with me on that? We are ripe for a, manifest, a new manifestation of the kingdom. It involves all of us have to, have to let the Holy Spirit confront us in places. We have to confess places where we've either been apathetic or we've been maybe too strongly reacting in some, some cases or we've been angry or any of those types of places. We have to ask him to, to reform us and reshape us and then retool us for a new day for the wisdom of heaven to inform how we behave and how we live, how we work, right? But I, I love that, um, that it's happening. And there was even a picture of this happening in Dallas last week. Some of you guys saw this video. I just want to show you this video briefly before we end in prayer together. Let's take a look. I can't just sit back and and feel this way without trying to change it. You got Black Lives Matter and stuff. We all matter. Hell.
It's time for us to stop this today. No more walls. Today, we're going to show the rest of the country how we came together. Everybody get it in here, man. Everybody get it in. Everybody get it in. Everybody, Everybody get it in. Everybody get it in. I thank you so much, as I am so humble, that you allowed us to come to Long Tomsville. And that today, I pray again, thank you so much, and pray that everybody makes it. Amen. Amen. Yeah, come on. Uh, so, so if you'll join me here today, uh, I'd, I'd like to, to pray together. Uh, I think in that spirit, um, if, if we could stand together. And let's, let's uh, grab the hand of the person next to you, okay? Why, why do we join hands? It's because it's this, it's this physical acknowledgement that we're not disconnected. And uh, as, as Mark prays here, I think it is right for us to do exactly what the scripture says as we learn to, to, to do justice, love kindness, walk humbly as we want to be a people who humble ourselves before the mighty hand of God. Um, Could we take a moment together and pray uh, again on behalf of of everything in our nation that needs prayer? And I just want to encourage you to pray out loud and to pray specifically for different things. And I'm not going to tell you what to pray for, but I just want to, just as a spirit of unity in this room, let the Holy Spirit lead you to how to pray And let's join together um, across this room and continue to ask God to to let let humility and loving kindness work its way into the church. Let's pray for the people in our nation, the victims of the tragedies. Let's continue to pray that God would bring wise leaders and voices into the mix. And let's uh, continue to pray for God's solutions to these things. So I'm going to just open it up for a moment. And I just want to invite you, invite you to pray. So let's just do that now. God, we pray that you would heal our land. Would you heal our land? Would you have mercy on us, God? 
Would you heal our land in places where we've tried to heal it ourselves and could not? God, we need the wisdom and solutions of heaven to come to this earth. And I pray for us together as the church today, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Father, that it is our desire to worship you. And I pray, Father, for all of us that we would continue to be a people who seek justice, who love kindness. God, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you let us be a people who are quick to listen, and quick, quick to hear, and to seek understanding, Lord Jesus. To you expand, Father, expand um, what we know, Lord God, how we can bring healing and hope to this generation, Father, and generations to follow. We thank you, Lord Jesus, to let compassion grow. Fill us with your heart. God, let our hearts break for the things that break yours, not just the things that other people tell us to break for. Let us break for the things that break yours, God. Let us have compassion over the things where you are compassionate. Make our hearts tender, Jesus. I thank you that you have not given us a heart of stone, but a heart of flesh to be moved and to feel deeply. And so I thank you, Lord Jesus, that we get to be as a church, a city set on the hill, a beacon of light, a beacon of hope, Lord Jesus, in every neighborhood, in every workplace, in every environment that we leave here together, Lord Jesus, we get to go, Lord Jesus, not timid, but Father, confident that you are salt and you are light and you've deposited those things in us, Lord Jesus, to season and bring light to this world, Lord Jesus. We thank you that your gospel is bearing fruit and that you, your kingdom is coming. And so, Father, we thank you for what you're doing and that you're including us in your plan. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So um, I'm going to ask Gwen to come up. Take a seat. Take a seat for a second. We're not done. I know you're hungry.